I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, it's Seat Kulazinac. Welcome to the Arsenal Audio Program. Europa League, round of 16, Thursday, 14th of March 2019, Arsenal vs. Wren, kickoff 8pm. Contents, head coach, captain, voice of Arsenal, match action, Arsenal vs. Manchester United, Arsenal Academy, Arsenal Women, match action, Wren vs. Arsenal. In own words, Denis Suarez, life at the top, French connection, visitors, Wren. Player feature, Petacek. Teams. The manager, Unai Emery. Info. Born, Honda Ribia, Spain. November 3rd, 1971. Previous clubs as manager. Lorca. Deportivo. Almira. Valencia, Spartak, Moscow, Sevilla, Paris Saint-Germain. Unai was speaking to Collar Armstrong. Unai Emery. Unai knows that tonight will need the perfect combination of an excellent performance on the pitch, combined to strong support from the stands. I was very pleased with our win against Manchester United on Sunday. We responded. Sometimes you've seen a different systems and different players, but above all, we could, be, we could feel very proud of every player. Above all, I want to say thank you to our supporters because you have helped us a lot. We need to create a big atmosphere like Sunday for the next matches. Starting tonight, I think it's very important. The players did very well and with very big spirit and big commitment for the work we've done here. We were positive when we were having a bad time and took balance in our mind. And now, after these victories, we can be positive, but it won't change our plan. We need to continue, and it will be difficult. We'll think game by game when it comes to our style and our way. Our focus now is the game. We are happy with this Sunday, but we're going to play some difficult matches, and being consistent is very important. On Sunday, we'll calm, show passion, and continued improving. We know that tonight, one match can change a lot with one red card or goal. So controlling our emotions is very important. We need to keep this consistency in our minds. 
We are happy that Alex Lacazette will now be available for tonight's match. We've been playing with different systems, with different players. We can play with two strikers, we can play with one. Tonight, I'm thinking not only of the starting eleven, but I think we are going to need different situations, maybe different systems, and maybe different players. All players are very important. We can play with Lacazette and Uber, or we could play with one. I think we're going to need different possibilities if the match is going to go one way or the other. We are very demanding of ourselves. For us, it's one positive issue we want to play big matches, tough matches against the best teams. And in Europa League, we're finding some tough games, like the last round against Bait Borisov. This round is the same, with a bad result in the first match, and for us it will be a tough match today. But our demands to get our best performance are very high. In each training session, and each match, I want to play matches that are difficult, with difficult results, or difficult players. We need to be together and create a big atmosphere in Emirates Stadium, with our supporters to give us the best performance possible. We need to play with high emotion with our supporters but taking decisions on a pitch, cleverly in our minds. These are both important issues that we need to control over 90 minutes and maybe more. I only want to play the best possible match, doing all we can, with each player and the team. In the first leg, they beat us, and today we will want to show them how it can be different. But with big respect to them, and also knowing that we need the players with full focus, controlling our emotions and the different situations and scenarios that can come in the 90 minutes, this is our way. Wren are a good team in a good moment, and they have quality with different players. They have spirit and fresh players playing offensively, and they're organised defensively. They won against Betis over two matches with big performances, and against us, they showed us also that they have the possibility to win. We have to respect them, but we will try to try and push, starting with our supporters and making a big atmosphere to help us. With our game plan and capacity, we can come back against them. From Emery Angle Every matchday programme, we provide extra insight into the life and times of the head coach. Unai Emery's last home match as Paris Saint-Germain coach was a high-profile 2-0 defeat to Rennes on May 12, 2018, when PSG had already won the league. Courtesy of goals from Benjamin Borregord and Andrian Hunu, but prior to that match, his record against them had been unblemished, winning all six games against the team from Batani, his first meeting on the November 6, 2016, and did a 4-0 home win as he followed that up with a 1-0 and a 4-0 wins at Roshan Park, the latter in the French Cup. In his second season, PSG played Rennes in League 1, won 4-1, the French Cup, won 6-1, and the League Cup, won 3-2, before that shock defeat in the last match as boss as Parc de Princes overall. His record against them... Captain Laurent Cosilny. Info. Born, Toulouse, France, September the 10th, 1985. Joined Arsenal from Lorient on July the 2nd, 2010. Previous clubs, Guingamp, Tours, Lorient. Arsenal debut versus Liverpool, away, league, August the 15th, 2010, 
drew 1-1. First Arsenal goal versus Bolton Wanderers, home. League, September the 11th, 2010, 1-4-1. Arsenal Honours, FA Cup winner 2014, 2015, 2017. Community Shield winner 2014, 2015. Captain, Laurent Kozilny. The skipper on carrying the momentum into tonight's huge European game. Welcome back to the Emirates for another huge game in our season. Like me, you are probably all still on a high after Sunday's win, and we need to use all this positive energy to get the same score tonight against Wren. The win against Manchester United was so satisfying and so important. Not just because there is a huge rivalry between us and them, but also because of the really tight race for the top four this season. It was a game that we needed to win, and I am so delighted that we delivered. I thought it was such a clinical and professional performance from the team. Tactically, the game plan set up by the manager was spot on. We were balanced, organised. We defended well and were efficient in attack. After losing in Rennes a few days before, we wanted to redeem ourselves. We were really up for it. It was like the Chelsea game a few weeks ago at home, where it was crucial for us to win, and we did it. We are in the final sprint this season in the Premier League, with just eight games left, and this victory against Man United could make all the difference come the end of the season. What I liked the most about Sunday and it will not come as a surprise to you, is what a wonderful team spirit we showed. We all fought for each other, all played for each other. We won the game mentally in our heads. We were warriors. This is the mentality that will take us to the top. I also would like to mention the great gesture by Lacker to give the penalty to Ober. Lacker could have taken it and scored for the sixth home league game in a row, which would have been a tremendous record. Yet he knew how important it was for Ober to take another penalty and score it after the one he missed against Tottenham. I think Lacker deserves a lot of credit for what he did, and Ober as well for showing his strength of character for scoring. He wanted to make amends for his miss, and he did. I had a gash in my leg after Bernd and I both tackled for the ball. The doc put a staple in my leg to stop the bleeding, and then three stitches after the game but there was no way I was leaving the pitch and leaving my team out there without me. Our record against the other big six teams this season is positive. We have won 12 points, compared to six against the same teams last season, for example. It shows how we are approaching those games differently. It is not just about attacking. We are more intelligent, more measured in our plans. We can change tactics halfway through a game we can set up differently. The manager is using different formations since the start of the season and it shows his flexibility and the players too, which is good, I think. Of course, we still need to do better away from home in the big games, but we are on the right path. Now on to tonight's game. It is a big European night at the Emirates and we need the place to be rocking. Our defeat in the first leg in France was disappointing after playing for more than 45 minutes with 10 men. 
The third goal we conceded on a counter-attack hurt. However, we are still very much in this tie. We need to score two and not to concede, like against BATE Borisov in the previous round, to go through. We can certainly do it again. We can't make mistakes, though, and we have to be balanced and determined. We need to put them under pressure from kickoff and try to score early to make them doubt themselves. Ren are a good team, especially since their manager, Julien Stefan, took over in December. They might have surprised a few people in England, but I was not surprised. Hartem Ben Arfa, Clément Grenier, Ismaila Saar are all top players. We know how the game will go. They will play deep and will be set up to defend and play on the counter. We know what to expect and we will be prepared for it. We will have to take our chances and stay focused whatever happens. We can't get impatient if we don't score early, for example. We still have the belief that we can do it and qualify until the end. And like in the United game, our team spirit will be one of the keys too. We need to have that warrior's mentality, play for each other and believe in one another. Enjoy the game and come on, Arsenal! of Arsenal. Lacquer is back. Alex Lacazette is now eligible for tonight's Europa League match against Rennes after his UEFA ban was reduced to two matches. Our striker was initially serving a three-match ban following a red card in our last 32 first leg game against BATE Borisov, but will now be able to play in this week's match having already served his reduced two-match ban. The UEFA Control, Ethics and Disciplinary Body's decision reads as follows. The appeal lodged by Arsenal FC has been partially upheld. To suspend the Arsenal FC player Alexandre Lacazette for two UEFA competition matches for which he would be otherwise eligible for serious rough play. Note. Lacazette has already served the two-match suspension following Arsenal FC's UEFA Europa League matches, round of 32, second-leg match against BATE Borisov on February the 21st, and round of 16, first-leg match against Rennes on March 7th. Socrates Papastathopoulos will miss tonight's game. Our Greek defender is serving a one-match ban following his sending off for two bookable offences in the first leg. Rules explanation and draw. We face an uphill task to reach the next round of the Europa League after last week's 3-1 defeat in Rennes. Should we win 2-0 tonight, we would reach the quarter-final on away goals. However, were Rennes to lose by a two-goal margin, having scored at least twice, they would advance. If this evening's match results in a 3-1 home win after 90 minutes, extra time will be an operation to determine who goes through to the quarter-final. Should each team score the same number of goals in the additional half an hour, Wren would go through on the away goals rule. However, if there are no goals in extra time, the tie will be decided with a penalty shootout. VAR is not being used in this season's Europa League. The victors of this tie will find out their last eight opposition tomorrow when the draw is made in Neon at 12pm UK time. The semi-final draw will also take place. 
Mickey and Mesut win monthly awards. After scoring and assisting in successive games, it's no surprise that Enrique Mkhitaryan has been named as our February Player of the Month. The Armenia international returned from injury with a bang, setting up Alex Lacazette before doubling our lead 10 minutes later against Southampton. Mickey then repeated the feat against Bournemouth, finishing after Mesut Ozil's pass before assisting Laurent Koscielny as we ran out 3-1 winners over Bournemouth. The 30-year-old finished with 40% of the votes cast, with Lacazette in second place and Bernd Leno in third. Mesut, meanwhile, has won our February goal of the month. The World Cup winners' trademark bouncing effort in our 5-1 win over Bournemouth topped our poll, receiving 40% of the vote. With Mickey's goal in the same game, the runner-up. On this day, 1912, Cliff Bastin was born. 1979, Nicholas Anelka was born. 1998, Mark Overmar scored the winner in a 1-0 victory at Old Trafford. 2009, Andre Arshavin netted his first Arsenal goal as we beat Blackburn 4-0. Josh Krunker attends supporters' forum. Josh Kronker outlined his ambition for the club when he met members of the Arsenal Supporters Forum before Sunday's match against Manchester United. He was joined at the 90-minute meeting by Head of Football Raul Sanlee and Managing Director Vinay Venkatesham. Josh told forum members that he regards supporters as the lifeblood of the club and that our ambition is clear, to win silverware and maintain our heritage and traditions. He accepted that the task of competing for titles is not an easy one, but is confident we can achieve that goal over time. Minutes for the meeting will be published at www.arsenal.com forward slash fanzone forward slash supporters dash forum in due course. Fan arrested after pitch incident. We were hugely disappointed by the incident at Sunday's match when a man ran onto the pitch and approached Manchester United's Chris Smalling. We have apologised to Manchester United and Chris. A man has been arrested on suspicion of common assault and pitch invasion following the incident and is facing court action. We will be working closely with the Metropolitan Police in their investigation and the individual will be banned from Arsenal matches home and away. Please be aware our matchday staff receive ongoing training on managing incidents such as this. Behaviour of this nature is unacceptable and will not be tolerated. Thank you, Katie. Everyone at Arsenal FC would like to wish Senior Public Relations and Football Media Manager Katie Baldwin all the very best in the future, following her decision to leave the club after 18 years working in the Communications Department. Katie, then Katie Willis, joined the Gunners in 2001 and, in a period of unparalleled success for the club, quickly proved herself to be a conscientious and talented member of the comms team. Working closely with the first team squad and media outlets across the footballing world over the years, she has become a highly respected figure within the game a fact highlighted by journalists hosting a special presentation for her at our match against Manchester United on Sunday. Katie will be greatly missed by everyone at Arsenal and, after working at her last match tonight, we hope to see her back at Emirates soon, 
cheering on the team without having to worry about coordinating the post-match media arrangements. Report it. Discriminatory chanting and antisocial behaviour is offensive to all fans and not tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive behaviour, you can report it to a steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FAL267777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our fans and wider community. Thank you for your support. Text FAL267777. PL Stats 2018-19 stroke Shots Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang 53 Alex Lacazette, 49. Enrique Mkhitaryan, 23. Alex Iwobi, 21. Lucas Torreira, 17. Chances created. Mesut Ozil, Granit Xhaka, 30. Sead Kolasinac, 28. Alex Iwobi, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 26. Enrique Mkhitaryan, Alex Lacazette, 23. Aaron Ramsey, 22. Total passes. Granit Xhaka, 1,857. Lucas Torreira, 1,417. Shokran Mustafi, 1,319. Matteo Guendouzi, 1,207. Socrates, 1,082. Crosses. Granit Xhaka, 95. Enrique Mkhitaryan, 41. Hector Bellerin, 39. Sead Kolasinac, 32. Alex Iwobi, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, 29. Clearances, Shokran Mustafi, 126. Socrates, 88. Laurent Koscielny, 54. Granit Xhaka, 47. Nacho Monreal, 40. Premier League table, Manchester City, played 30. One twenty-four, drawn two, lost four, four seventy-nine against twenty-one, goal difference fifty-eight point seventy-four. Liverpool played thirty, one twenty-two, drawn seven, lost one, four sixty-eight against seventeen, goal difference fifty-one point seventy-three. Tottenham played thirty, one twenty, drawn one, lost nine. 4.57 against 32, goal difference 25.61. Arsenal played 30, 118, drawn 6, lost 6, 4.63 against 39, goal difference 24.60. Manchester United played 30, 117, drawn 7, lost 6, 4.58 against 40, Goal difference 18, points 58. Chelsea played 29, 117, drawn 6, lost 6, 450 against 31, goal difference 19, points 57. Wolves played 30, 112, drawn 8, lost 10, 438 against 36, goal difference 2, points 44. Watford Played 30, won 12, drawn 7, lost 11, 4.42, against 44, goal difference minus 2, points 43. 
West Ham United played 30, won 11, drawn 6, lost 13, 437 against 43, goal difference minus 6, points 39. Leicester City played 30, won 11, drawn 5, lost 14, 438 against 42, goal difference minus 4, points 38. Everton played 30, won 10, drawn 7, lost 13, 441 against 42, goal difference minus 1, points 37. Bournemouth played 30, won 11, drawn 4, lost 15, 441 against 54, goal difference minus 13, points 37. Newcastle played 30, won 9, drawn 7, lost 14, 429 against 38, goal difference minus 9, points 34. Crystal Palace played 30, won 9, drawn 6, lost 15, 436 against 41, goal difference minus 5, points 33. Brighton and Hove Albion played 29, won 9, drawn 6, lost 14, 432 against 42, goal difference minus 10, points 33. Southampton played 30, won 7, drawn 9, lost 14, 434 against 50, goal difference minus 16, points 30. Burnley played 30, won 8, drawn 6, lost 16, 434 against 57, goal difference minus 23, points 30. Cardiff City played 30, won 8, drawn 4, lost 18, 427 against 57, Goal difference minus 30, points 28. Fulham played 30, won 4, drawn 5, lost 21, 428 against 68. Goal difference minus 40, points 17. Huddersfield played 30, won 3, drawn 5, lost 22, 415 against 53. Goal difference minus 38, points 14, as at March the 12th. Team to travel to Dubai. The team is heading to Dubai during the forthcoming international break for a training camp and a match against Al Nasir Dubai SC. The match, which kicks off at 6pm local time on Tuesday, March the 26th, will mark the formal opening of the newly built Al Maktoum Stadium. Tickets for the game priced at AED 100 Category 3 and AED 150 Category 2 will go on sale on Saturday, March the 16th through Platinum List. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash platinumlist.net forward slash and on site at Al Nasir's Al Maktoum Stadium. During the five-day trip, the squad will visit the palace of His Highness Sheikh Hamdan bin Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum, Deputy Ruler of Dubai and Minister of Finance, and the team will also visit the Rashid Pediatric Centre. 
Emirates Airline, whose partnership with the club is one of the most recognisable and long-standing in the world of sport, will be helping to bring us to Dubai, and will be supporting the visit by connecting fans in the UAE with the club. Head coach Unai Emery will use the training camp as a key part of our preparations for the run-in and the Premier League home fixture against Newcastle on Monday, April the 1st. He said, it will be great to get some warm weather training and break up the usual routine as we enter the final stage of the season. The facilities in Dubai are fantastic and it will be an honour to be part of the formal opening ceremony for the new stadium. We've played Al Nasir once before in November 1976. Malcolm McDonald, John Matthews and John Radford were on target in a 3-1 victory. Above and beyond. Congratulations again to Grace Jenkins, who went above and beyond with her programme-selling skills at our last home fixture against Manchester United. Grace impressed us with her selling skills, and she deservedly walked away with a rain jacket, very apt for the day, courtesy of our club partner, Puma. If any programme sellers have impressed you, let us know by emailing programme at arsenal.co.uk. Coming up, Saturday... The under-18s are away at West Ham United. Gedeon heads stateside. We'd like to wish all the best to Gedeon Zelalem, who has joined MLS side Sporting Kansas City on a free transfer. Gedeon joined our academy in 2013 and became the youngest Arsenal player in FA Cup history making his debut aged 16 years and 363 days against Coventry City in the fourth round in January 2014. The Berlin-born midfielder's last taste of club football came in April 2017 when he was playing for Dutch side VVV Venlo on loan. The season prior to that, Gedeon enjoyed a loan spell with Glasgow Rangers, winning the championship. Though born in Germany, Gedeon represents the USA at international level. We thank Gedeon for his contribution at Arsenal and wish him every success in the future. Ref Watch, Andris Trimanis. This evening's referee is Andris Trimanis from Latvia. The 33-year-old has officiated five European matches so far this season, consisting of games in the UEFA Nations League, the Champions League and the Europa League. He has shown a total of 22 yellow cards and one red, issued to Villarreal's Jaume Costa. Under-16s reach Premier League final. Our under-16 side have reached the final of the Premier League Under-16 Cup and you can watch the boys for free at Meadow Park tomorrow. We've been in impressive form throughout the competition, winning four of our five matches and scoring 14 goals along the way. We kicked off the group stage with a 4-2 win over Everton, thanks in part to a Yunus Musa double, before slipping to a narrow 5-4 defeat against Fulham. Luke Planger and Musa then went on to score in a 2-1 win over West Brom, ensuring that we progressed to the quarter-final, where Kido Taylor-Hart scored the game's only goal against Liverpool. In the last four, Levi Lang, Musa and Taylor Hart all struck against Brighton to secure a 3-1 win on the road and book our place in the final against Chelsea. The game will be played as follows. Arsenal against Chelsea, Friday, March the 15th, 
Kickoff 7 p.m. UK time. Meadow Park, Boreham Wood FC. Ticketing, free entry. League champions 1930 31, 1932 33, 1933 34, 1934 35, 1937 38, 1947 48, 1952 53, 1970 71, 1988 89, 1990 91, 1997 98, 2001 2, 2003 4. FA Cup winners 1930, 1936, 1950, 1971, 1979, 1993, 1998, 2002, 2003, 2005, 2014, 2015, 2017. League Cup winners 1986-87-1992-93 Charity Stroke Community Shield winners 1930-1931-1933-1934-1938-1948-1953-1991-1999-2002-2003 Shared 1998-1999-2002-2003 2015, 2017. Fairs Cup winners, 1996-70. European Cup winners, Cup winners, 1993-94. FA Youth Cup winners, 1996-1971-1988-1944-2000-2001-2009. Arsenal Football Club. 75 Drayton Park, London, N51BU. Telephone number 02076195000. Website www.arsenal.com. Email program at arsenal.co.uk. Directors Sir Chips Cheswick, Chairman. Ken Fryer, OBE. Richard Carr, Lord Harris of Peckham. Stan Krunker, Josh Krunker, Head of Football, Raul Sanlehi, Managing Director, Vinay Venkatesham, Secretary, David Miles, Head Coach, Unai Emery. This concludes Voice of Arsenal. Match Action Arsenal vs Manchester United Sunday, March 10th, 2019, 4.30, Emirates Stadium, Premier League, attendance 60,000, Arsenal 2, Manchester United 0. Match stats, Arsenal, total shots, 14, shots on target, 3, corners, 5, offsides, 5, Fouls, 12. Possession, 46%. Manchester United, total shots, 14. Shots on target, 4. Corners, 2. Offsides, 1. Fouls, 18. Possession, 54%. Referee, Jonathan Moss. 
first half. The twin strike force of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Alexandre Lacazette, started well, both trying to speculatively shot in the opening ten minutes, but it was the visitors who came the closest to breaking the deadlock when Romelu Lukaku hit the crossbar from a close range. We took full advantage shortly afterwards. Lacazette rolled the ball to Granite Xhaka, 25 yards from the goal, and the Swiss served his shot wickedly past a wrong-footed David de Gea. Lacazette then had a chance charged down in the area before United struck the woodwork again, this time Fred hitting the foot of the post. Burns Leno made a good save to deny Lukaku from the close range in what had been an exciting 45 minutes. Second half. Shortly after the interval, Leno came quickly off his line to save from Lukaku at this point-blank range. It came just moments after Laurenti Cossellini made a superb diving block in the penalty area. It was all hands to the pump. Then came the second to settle our nerves. Lacazette was bundled over in the box and referee John Moss pointed to the spot. Up stepped Aubameyang. The man whose penalty miss was so costly last Saturday took the responsibility in front of the North Bank crowd. This time there was no mistake. From 12 yards, cue wild celebrations. Lacazette missed a good chance to make it three after a defensive error from Victor Lindelof but nothing could dampen the Gunners' spirits in the rain. 63%. 17 of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's 27 Premier League goals have been scored on Sundays. The highest percentage of goals scored on the day in that competition, minimum 20 goals. 6. Six of Granite Xhaka's seven Premier League goals from Arsenal have come from outside the box, including against two against Man United. 10. We have beaten Man United ten times in the Premier League on a Sunday, the most we have lost against an opponent on the specific day of the week. Arsenal. Leno. 19. Maitland-Niles. 15. Socrates. 5. Yellow card. Cossolini. 6. Monreal. 18. Kolasinac. 31. Yellow card. Ramsey, 8. Substituted on the 63rd minute. Xhaka, 34. Aubameyang, 14. Substituted on the 80th minute. Ozil, 10. Substituted on the 76th minute. Lacazette, 9. Substituted on the 85th minute. Substitutes. Check. 1. Mustafi. 20. Gwenduzi. 29. Eleni. 4. Suarez. 22. Subbed in on the 80th minute. Iwobi. 17. Subbed in on the 76th minute. Katia. 49. Subbed in on the 85th minute. Manchester United. De Gea. 1. Dalot. 20. Substituted on the 17th minute. Smalling. 12. Lindelof. 2. Shaw. 23. Pogba. 6. Yellow card. Matic. 31. Yellow card, substituted on the 80th minute.
Fred, 17. Young, 18. Rashford, 10. Lukaku, 9. Substitutes. Romero, 22. Bailing, 3. Marshall, 11. Subbed in on the 70th minute. Pira, 15. Rojo, 16. McTominay, 39. Greenwood, 54. Subbed in on the 80th minute. Stars of the Future, Arsenal Academy. Young Gun, Falarin Belogan. Match Action, Under 18s Beat Chelsea. Match Action, Under 23s Draw with Everton. Remember Gilles Sunu. In every programme, we take an in depth look at the Arsenal youth teams, profiling our young guns and bringing you all the latest news and match reports. Arsenal Academy, Falarin Belogan, Young Gun. Born, New York, USA, July 3rd, 2001. Joined as an under-11. Height and weight, 180 centimetres, 70 kilograms. Position, striker. Boots, Adidas Glitch. School, Cannon Palmer School, Ilford. Signing my professional contract was a proud day. I've been at the club for over a decade, and it was one of the main targets that I was focused on. The real hard work continues and I want to keep progressing so that I can make it into the first team. This season is going really well. I feel I've become a more clinical finisher and have scored 20 goals in 24 games. I do a lot of work in training trying to improve and develop different ways of finishing so that when the chance comes I'm ready to use whichever option is best. It also helps to keep defenders guessing. As the standard of the teams in which you play rises, you get less and less time and fewer opportunities on the ball. This is what drives me to be as efficient as possible in front of goal. I'm currently the leading scorer in the under-18 Premier League South with 17 goals, but I'm trying to be the top scorer in the whole country. The leader at the moment is Ellis Sims of Everton with 20 goals. They play in the northern section. I am the sort of striker that likes to play on the shoulder of the last defender and make runs behind them, similar to the way that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang plays. I've trained a few times with the first team and I feel that I've benefited from being involved with them, especially when playing against experienced defenders, which forces you to find different ways of getting in on goal and what works at lower levels does not always work against them. I've played four games for the under-23s and enjoyed the experience and feel I'm ready to progress. It's all going very well with the under-18s and we're focused on winning the league in the Arsenal style. We like to control the game and play attractive attacking football. I think we all learned our lesson in the FA Youth Cup. We were good enough to win it, but we lost our focus. We took it too casually going into the game against West Ham and got punished. We all know that cannot happen again and we prepare properly before every match and underestimate no team. It was a big disappointment but a valuable lesson to learn. I haven't yet declared who I will commit to internationally. I was born in New York so can play for the USA. My parents were born in Nigeria 
and I have been in England since I was two years old, so I can play for both those countries too. I have several youth caps playing for England, and I enjoy their style of play, which is similar to Arsenal's. I will be discussing matters with my parents, and will then decide. The first team have a massive test against Wren tonight, but I believe they will rise to the challenge. They are strong-willed and focused, and will make amends for the first round defeat, I am sure. It's a shame the way the game went, as we were in control and looking to add to Alex's early goal, which may have meant that a few more younger players could have featured tonight. I'm looking forward to what will be an intense game. Q&A What's your first memory of football? Playing with my brother in the local cage. Which team did you support as a child? Arsenal. Who was your childhood hero? Adriano. Biggest influence on career? My family. Who's the best player in the world right now? Neymar. Another sport you're good at? Table tennis. Your favourite training drill? Five aside. Your career highlight so far? Playing for England under-17s. Song to sing to save your life? Gunner. Top off. Best friend in football? Xavier Amaechi. Teammates. Who's got the best ball skills? Me. Who is the funniest? Xavier Amiechi. Who's got the best touch? Trey Coyle. Who would you trust most with a penalty? Bukeo Saka. Who is the most confident? Bailey Spencer Adams. Who is never late? Tyrese John Jules. Who has the best passing range? Matt Smith. Who's the strongest? Vontae Daly Campbell. Info. The best trophy to win in football is World Cup. My favourite musician is NBA Youngboy. Fave social media, Instagram. My most talked to person on WhatsApp is Mum. Favourite TV series, Power. Ideal holiday destination is Ibiza. Best film I've seen recently, paid in full. On my days off I usually go out with mates. My ideal cheat meal is Nando's. The player I look up to most is Alexandre Lacazette. Something not many people know about me. I can write with both my right and my left hand. Under 18 Premier League, London Colney, Friday, March 8th. Arsenal under 18s 3, Chelsea under 18s 0. Arsenal scorers, Belogan 26, John Jules 48, Greenwood 58. We've now won each of our last seven league outings. Greenwood takes season tally to eight under-18 Premier League goals. Captain Matt Smith is yet to miss a minute of under-18 action this season. Arsenal team. Smith, Daly Campbell, McGuinness, Clark, Swanson, Smith, Cottrell, Greenwood, Coyle, John Jules, substitute Musa, 58, Belogan, substitute Aziz, 81. Subs not used. Oconquil. Ogumbo. Dennis. We extended our lead at the top of the under-18 Premier League table with a convincing 3-0 win over third-place Chelsea. We came into this fixture off the back of six consecutive victories in the league and wasted no time in asserting our dominance. Sam Greenwood latched on to a loose pass from Marcel Lavigne and picked out Falarin Belogan, who raced through on goal and fired past Nicholas Ty at the second time of asking. The 17-year-old has now scored 17 goals in 16 league games this season.
After the break, Trey Coyle cut in from the left and delivered a lofted ball over the top of the Blues' defence, before Tyrese John Jules rounded the keeper and fired into an empty net. Full of confidence, the 18-year-old then went on to produce a stunning overhead kick inside the area from Mark McGuinness's header, but his ambitious effort sailed just over the bar. Our youngsters were handling Chelsea's attacking threat with great maturity, and we soon found ourselves three goals to the good when Sam Greenwood pounced on Belogan's knockdown and converted from close range. Greenwood continued to threaten the Blues' defence as the full-time whistle edged nearer, twisting and turning inside the area before picking out Coyle, but the latter was unable to fire past Ty from a dangerous position. Ken Gillard's side now sit four points clear at the top of the table, having played two more games than second-place Tottenham. Premier League 2, Mersey Rail Community Stadium, Monday, March the 11th. Everton under-23s, nil. Arsenal under-23s, nil. Central defenders Ballard and Plexuelo impress. Amayechi threatened throughout. Former gunner Io Virginia started in goal for Everton. Arsenal team, Ilyev, Tutu, Ballard, Medley, Plexuelo, Gilmore. Schaaf, substitute, Tourney, 68. Thompson, Amayechi, John Jules, substitute, Balogan, 46. Saka, subs not used, Okonkwo, Omole, Bramall. We delivered a spirited defensive performance in the Premier League too, as we held tabletoppers Everton to a nil-nil draw on the road. Freddie Lundberg's side boasts the league's most dangerous front line, while the host came into this game having conceded fewer goals than any other side in the division. As a result, the vast majority of the fixture proved to be a midfield battle, as both sides fought for control in a tightly contested clash. Xavier Amiechi created our first chance of the evening, troubling former gunner Jao Virginia with a free kick from 25 yards before Tyrese John Jules' improvised back heel was cleared off the line. Josh Bowler then went on to miss the target with a golden opportunity from six yards out in Everton's best first-half chance. Following the break, we maintained our defensive shape and professional attitude, limiting the host to a number of speculative long-range efforts. Daniel Ballard and Julio Plexuelo were particularly impressive, denying forward Basala Sambu any time or space inside the area. There was a late scare as Bowler fired the ball past Dejan Ilyev and into the back of the net, but much to the relief of our youngsters, it was ruled out for offside. Under-14s take part in PLISL Youth Games 2019. Our under-14s recently travelled to Mumbai to take part in the PLISL Youth Games 2019. The Premier League, in partnership with the Hero Indian Super League, ISL, the UK Department for International Trade, DIT, and Star Sports, brought a series of youth-focused football events to India, in a bid to further youth player development. Forty youth players from Arsenal and Leicester City played matches against Mumbai City and Reliance Young Champs Academy. With the aim of demonstrating the different ways the Premier League and its clubs will continue to provide support to the ISL at both league and club level. 
representatives from the Premier League, Arsenal and Leicester, led workshops, club-to-club training, referee development and forums for ISL and All India Federation, AIFF, coaches and executives. It was also a fantastic chance for our youngsters to take part in unique cultural and educational learning opportunities. Ballard receives Northern Ireland call-up. Daniel Ballard has received his first senior call-up to the Northern Ireland squad ahead of their vital Euro 2020 qualifiers. The 19-year-old has impressed at under-23 level this season, making 17 appearances in the Premier League 2 and Checker Trade Trophy. Under the guidance of Freddie Lundberg, Ballard has grown a reputation as a tough tackling defender who's willing to put his body on the line and over the course of the next month he has the opportunity to further his development by playing in two Euro qualifiers, the first of which will be played against Estonia on Thursday, March 21st, before Michael O'Neill's side turn their attention to Belarus on Sunday, March the 24th. At under-19s or under-21s, when I put the green shirt on, it's a feeling of pride, said Daniel. I want to do well when I represent my country. To do that for the first team would be amazing. It's always been a dream, and I'll keep dreaming until it comes true. Best of luck, Denny. Arsenal Academy graduate joins Boreham Wood FC. While Vic Ackers grabbed the headlines for joining Boreham Wood FC last week, Arsenal Academy graduate Michael Jordan also joined the club on the same day. Jordan was a goalkeeper who came through our youth ranks and will now be joining the National League side as a goalkeeping coach. Jordan made the bench for a League Cup match against Everton in 2004, but later made the decision to leave for Chesterfield in search of game time, before going on to play for Boreham Wood in 2011. The Academy alumni, Gilles Sunu, tracking down former Academy players making their mark elsewhere in football. Having previously played in the Championship and Liga 1, Arsenal Academy graduate Gilles Sunu is currently plying his trade in Turkey's top division with BB Ezerumspur. The pacey winger kick-started his football career at LB Chateauroux Academy before making the switch to North London in July 2007 on a four-year deal. Sunu made an instant impact at youth level, proving himself to be a dangerous and direct forward who went on to play a key role in our famous FA Youth Cup winning side in 2009. The then 17-year-old started as our number 9 in both legs of the final against Liverpool, breaking the deadlock in the 21st minute of the first leg. Sunu also scored the game-winning goal in our semi-final clash with Manchester City. He impressed so much, in fact, that in September 2009, Arsene Wenger rewarded him with his first-team debut in a League Cup fixture against West Bromwich Albion, before coming on as a substitute in the Champions League less than three months later. It was a promising few months for the youngster, but these would prove to be his first and only appearances for the club. Following that, Sunu spent time on loan with Derby County before joining FC Lorient, where he spent the next five years of his career scoring eight goals in 86 appearances. This was followed by a short-lived move to Evian and a three-year spell with Angers, where Sunu made a total of 85 Liga 1 appearances between the two clubs. Now in Turkey, the 27-year-old has secured a place in the starting eleven of the newly promoted side, who find themselves in a tightly contested fight for survival. 
Words Lambros Lambrew, Aidan Small, Nick Bromsett. Arsenal Women. Vivian Midema is in the midst of a record breaking season in the WSL. Games, goals, clean sheets and assists 2018-19 It's been an excellent season for Arsenal women, with some outstanding performances. Vivian Midema's record-breaking season is perhaps the most eye-catching when looking at the current stats, but just as satisfying for everyone involved with the club are the appearances of seven players who have recently graduated from the academy – Ava Kukin, Ruby Grant, Amelia Hazard, Paige Bailey-Gale, Hannah Dorban, Anna Albuquerque and Lachanti Paul. Name, Katie McCabe. Apps, 20 plus 3. Goals and clean sheets, 7. Assists, 10. Vivian Midema. Apps, 20 plus 2. Goals and clean sheets, 25. Assists, 11. Danielle van der Donk. Apps 20 plus 1, goals and clean sheets 12, assists 5. Leah Williamson, apps 17 plus 4, goals and clean sheets 2, assists 1. Louise Quinn, apps 18 plus 3, goals and clean sheets not applicable, assists 1. Beth Mead, apps 18 plus 2, goals and clean sheets 6, assists 10. Lisa Evans, apps 15 plus 4, goals and clean sheets 2, assists 6. Dominique Bloodworth, apps 19, goals and clean sheets 2, assists 2. Leah Walty, apps 17, goals and clean sheets not applicable, assists 1. Kim Little, apps 15, goals and clean sheets 11. Assists, 6. Emma Mitchell, apps, 13 plus 1. Goals and clean sheets, not applicable. Assists, 2. Pauline Peyromagnin, apps, 13. Goals and clean sheets, 6. Assists, not applicable. Ava Kukin, apps, 4 plus 8. Goals and clean sheets, not applicable. Assists, 1. Jordan Nobbs, apps, 10. Goals and clean sheets, 9. Assists, 3. Sari van Wienendal, apps, 10. Goals and clean sheets, 6. Assists, not applicable. Yanni Arndt, apps, 8. Goals and clean sheets, 1. Assists, not applicable. Katrine Veche, apps, 6 plus 2. Goals and clean sheets, not applicable. Assists, 3. Jessica Samuelson, apps 2 plus 5. Goals and clean sheets, not applicable. Assists, 1. Ruby Grant, apps 2 plus 3. Goals and clean sheets, 4. Assists, 1. Amelia Hazard, apps 1 plus 4. Paige Bailey Gale, apps 2 plus 1. Goals and clean sheets, not applicable. Assists, 1. Melissa Phyllis, Apps 1 plus 3. Goals and clean sheets not applicable. Assists 1. Hannah Dorban. Apps 2 plus 1. Anna Albuquerque. Apps plus 2. Tabea Kem. Apps plus 1. Lachante Paul. Apps plus 1.
under-21s beat Chelsea. Congratulations to Arsenal women's under-21 team, who have made it through to the FA Academy Cup semi-final after a 2-0 win at home to Chelsea on Sunday. It had been a hectic schedule for the team, who had progressed through a two-legged fixture against Leicester in the same week, scoring 12 goals across both games. The wind posed for difficult conditions, but Arsenal emerged winners, with goals from Mel Phillis and Ruby Grant. Arsenal will now meet FA East Region Academy, Ipswich Town, in the semi-final on Sunday, March 24th at Hertfordshire University. Under-16s reach the Youth Cup final. Well done to the Arsenal Regional Talent Club Under-16 team, who reached the final of the FA Youth Cup last Saturday. The team had to make the difficult trip to play Oxford RTC in the semi-final, but came through the challenge with great credit, earning themselves a 3-0 victory. Similar to the Under-21 team, weather conditions also made conditions difficult with a strong wind, but thanks to abrasive goals from Rachel Hull and a late strike from Lexi Lloyd-Smith to settle the nerves, we came away with the victory. The Gunners now meet Chelsea in the final on Saturday, April the 27th, with a venue yet to be confirmed. 2018-19 Arsenal Fixtures Correct, as at Tuesday, March the 12th. Sunday 19th of August, West Ham United CC, 3-1, home game. Sunday 9th of September, Liverpool, 5-0, home game. Sunday 16th of September, Lewis FC, CC, 9-0. Wednesday 19th of September, Yeovil Town, 7-0. Sunday 23rd of September, West Ham United, 4-3, home game. Sunday 14th of October, Chelsea, 5-0. Sunday 21st of October, Reading, 6-0, home game. Sunday 28th of October, Bristol City, 4-0. Sunday 4th of November, Birmingham City, 3-1, home game. Sunday 18th of November, Everton, 4-0. Sunday 25th of November, Brighton & Hove Albion, 4-1, home game. Sunday 2nd of December, Manchester City, 0-2. Thursday 6th of December, Charlton Athletic, CC, 5-0, home game. Wednesday 12th of December, Millwall Lionesses, 3-1. Sunday 6th of January, West Ham United, 4-2. Wednesday 9th of January, Birmingham City, CC, 2-1, home game. Sunday 13th of January, Chelsea, 1-2, home game. Sunday 27th of January, Reading, 3-0. Sunday 3rd of February, Crawley Wasps, 4-0. Thursday 7th of February, Manchester United, 2-1, home game. Sunday 17th of February, Chelsea, FAC, 0-3. Wednesday 20th of February, Yeovil Town, 3-0, home game. Saturday 23rd of February, Manchester City, CC Final, 0-0. Lost 4-2 on penalties. Thursday 14th of March, Bristol City, WSL, home game. Sunday 24th of March, Liverpool, WSL. Sunday 31st of March, Birmingham City, WSL. Sunday 21st of April, Everton, WSL, home game. Sunday 28th of April, Brighton & Hove Albion, WSL. Sunday 12th of May, Manchester City, WSL, home game.
match action. Ren versus Arsenal. Thursday, March 7th, 5.55. Roshan Park. Europa League round 32. First leg. Attendance. 29,171. Away fans. 1,400. Ren 3. Arsenal 1. Match stats. Ren. Total shots. 19. Shots on target. 8. Corners. 3. Offsides. 3. Fouls. 15. Possession. 51%. Arsenal. Total shots. 12. Shots on target. 4. Corners. 3. Offsides. 4. Fouls. 17. Possession. 49%. Referee. Ivan Krizliak. Slovakia. First half. With just three minutes on the clock, we took a lead with a goal that had more than an element of luck about it. It came in as Alex Iwobi's ball across goal evaded everyone and flew off in the post. Lucas Torreira would test Wren goalkeeper Thomas Kubek almost immediately, while Iwobi continued to threaten down the left. But the home side, roared on by a ferocious partisan crowd, were offered away back into the game when Socrates was sent off for a second bookable offence. It was a body blow, but worse was to follow, as from the resulting free kick, Benjamin Beauregard found the top corner after his initial effort had struck the wall. Second half. Unai Emery reshaped his side at the interval, with Shkodran Mustafi moving inside the partner Laurent Cossolini and Henrik Mkhitaryan moving the right back and Wren tried to make their man advantage count. Former Wren goalkeeper Peter Cech was now at the heart of action saving twice from the Borogod and once from the dangerous Imisal Asar. Hatam Ben Afar then saw a free kick pushed over by our number one. But he could do nothing to prevent the hosts taking the lead through a cross that deflected off Nacho Monreal. Astonishingly, with just two minutes remaining, Saar headed in the far post to put us further in trouble. It leaves us with a mountain to climb in the return leg as we fight to keep our Europa League campaign alive. 14. We lose away to a French team for the first time in our 14th game in a European competition. 1-8, drawn 5, lost 1. 23. We concede at least three goals for the first time in our last 23 European games since losing 5-1 to Bayern Munich in March 2017. 180. Alex Awobi's opener, after 180 seconds, was our fastest Euro goal since Lucas Podolski versus Galatasaray in December 2014, 121 seconds. Wren, Quebec, 40. Zafane, 2, yellow card. De Silva, 3. Mexa, 4. Saar, 7. Grenier, 8. Borogord, 14, yellow card. Substituted on the 73rd minute. Benz Baini, 15. Ben Afar, 18. Andrea, 21. Hunu, 23. Substitutes. 
Badiashil, 1. Dumbia, 5. Johansson, 3. Saliki, 12. Subbed on in in the 73rd minute. Lorienti, 19. Del Castillo, 22. Gallen, 26. Arsenal, Czech, 1. Mustafi, 20. Monreal, 18. Cossolini, 6. Socrates, 5. Yellow card, red card. Torreira, 11. Xhaka, 34. Yellow card. Mkhitaryan, 7. Ozil, 10. Substituted on the 69th minute. Iwobi, 17. Substituted on the 53rd minute. Aubameyang, 14. Substituted on the 79th minute. Substitutes. Leno, 19. Kolosinac, 31. Subbed in on the 79th minute. Gwenduzi, 29. Subbed on in in the 53rd minute. Maitland Niles, 15. Ramsey, 8. Subbed on in in the 69th minute. Suarez, 22. Katia, 49. In their own words, Dennis Suarez. The little kid who used to play football outside the hairdressers, yeah, that was me. This season, Arsenal players give us in-depth insights into their personal journeys through life, in their own words. It all started for me in Salceda de Caselas. It's a small village in the province of Pontevedra in Galicia. That's where my parents' house is, and it's where I lived for my whole childhood. My mother owned the hairdressers, underneath where we lived, so I always used to play out front while she was working. That's probably my first memory of football. I also remember playing in the village square with all my friends. Sometimes my mum would have loads of work on, so I even used to sneak out of the house without her realising, just to go and kick the ball around with my friends. Those are some of the nicest memories I have from my childhood. My mother took care of me during the week, because my dad worked all of the time and could only see me at the weekends. She always had people in the hairdressers, but she would still find time to take me to football training. Sometimes she'd even leave her customers alone in her salon for 20 minutes while she drove me to training and back. My parents have always been there with me and sacrificed a lot to make sure I could pursue my dreams. They're the reason I was able to join a professional club like Celta Vigo. I had a fantastic time at Celta's academy, playing football with my friends. But then when I was around 14 or 15, things started to get a bit more serious. I was starting to get called up to play for the national team, and I could see that I was really starting to progress. I moved up to the under-17s, and that's when Manchester City took an interest. I felt good at Celta, and there was a clear progression for me there because I was aiming to make it to the first team. At the time, I was in between the academy and reserve team, but Celta were in a bad place as a club. 
They were in the second division and needed to sell players. An offer came in for me from Manchester City, and although I had another offer from Barcelona, the City move was good for me and for the club. I decided to accept the move for me and for the good of Celta, who needed the money. That's how I ended up moving to England. The summer that I joined City, I did pretty much the whole pre-season with the first team and was basically training with them every day. They had these incredible players like Sergio Aguero, David Silva and Yaya Torre. All these players who I'd seen on television and I was there with them. This kid who was used to playing football in the street outside my house. It was a big step up but a good challenge. I made my first team debut in the cup at the age of 18 and that felt like the biggest thing I had to overcome. I was playing at such a young age in a Manchester City side packed with stars in a country where the football is so physical. Like I said, I was just a kid, but that first step was so important. I played once more for the first team the following season, but still had a great time with the reserve team. I played a big role in that set-up and had a good season too. The City fans recognised that and I'm really grateful that I was able to win Young Player of the Year. It was a lovely prize to win and an award that makes me smile when I look back on my time in Manchester. At the end of the 2012-13 season, I was told that there was interest from Barcelona. I'm not going to deny it, I'd always wanted to play for Barca. They offered me the chance to spend one year with the youth side and then the next three with the first team. Honestly, I didn't have to think twice. When I joined Barcelona B, we had a really nice group there. I became good friends with the captain, Ilie, who is now playing for Kansas in the MLS. Then when I moved up into the first team, I met Sergio Roberto, who I knew from youth level and the national team, and also Rafina, who I'd spent time with when we were young at Celta. They're both good friends of mine, and they really helped me to settle into the club. I remember coming up from the youth side to train with the first team one day. Tata Martino was the coach at the time. I remember seeing Xavi, Iniesta and Messi, who were the biggest names at the time. The first time I shared a pitch with them was a dream come true. They told me to be myself and not to be afraid when I got picked to train with the first team because everyone who gets moved up becomes just another player. Everyone knows the philosophy that Barcelona have at youth level, so it's even better when players work their way up. That was the advice I was given. One of the academy graduates who did that was Iniesta. Andreas is such a role model on and off the pitch, there's no doubt about that. He's a magnificent player, one of the best midfielders in the history of world football. He has incredible vision and came to define an era at Barca. He coincided with one of the greatest Barcelona sides in history, the team that won the Sextuple. They won everything there was to win. He's an icon in Spain. He won the World Cup, scoring the winning goal in the World Cup final. He's a simple guy away from the pitch, and I think he's an incredible person. He's a role model for me on and off the pitch. I don't think there's any doubt that he's one of the best players in history. I watched him every day in training. When I came back to Barcelona from my loan spell at Villarreal, I was especially competing with him for a place because we played in the same position. I tried to learn from him and take full advantage of the minutes I had on the pitch. 
We didn't play much together because we played in the same position, so we didn't get on at the same time much, but I really enjoyed it on the few occasions we did play together. And Leo Messi? Well, I don't think there's any other player as decisive as him. Barcelona have achieved what they have in recent years thanks to him. When he's not there, the team really misses him. Sometimes he might not seem like he's in the game, but then he'll pop up and score a goal or provide an assist. He dictates the pace of the game and teams fear him. I don't think there's any other player who makes such a big difference as him. Messi works hard and takes good care of himself. He leads a very healthy life and keeps to a healthy diet. At the end of the day, that's what allows him to show his talent on the pitch. I think he's the best player in the world and the best of all time, and he'll remain that. I think you can watch Messi and aspire to do the things that he does, but only he is capable of those things. Obviously, you watch him and see his movement and the way he plays, which you want to emulate, but I don't think there is anyone else in the world who can do what he does. I learned so much from them all, and when I left for Villarreal, I tried to implement everything they had taught me. It was a really tough decision to leave Barcelona, but my intention was always to have an incredible season, because I knew that if I did well, then Barcelona would call me back. That's exactly what happened. I was lucky enough to get a lot of playing time at Villarreal and have a great season, and then I went back to Barcelona the following season. Very few of the players that leave the academy to go out on loan come back. I was able to prove my worth in another club, and so they called me back. That's what I'm hoping to do this time too, and I feel very lucky to be able to have that opportunity at such a great club. And it's also nice to be able to work with Unai Emery again. When I joined Sevilla back in 2014-15, he was really demanding and methodical, and delved right down into the detail. He works really hard both on and off the pitch, and dedicates a lot of time to his work and I think that's partly where his success stems from. He's worked his way up from Segunda B. Nobody has given him anything for free. He's got to where he is now through hard work and because he's very good. He wants his team to press hard. He does a lot of work in training, not just tactically and with the ball, but also physically. He likes really dynamic players. He takes the tiniest details into account and does a lot of work around video analysis. He gives you hours and hours of video footage. In the end, the players realise that he's good for them. I was still that kid, just a prospect when I arrived at Sevilla on loan from Barcelona, and it was my first season at the elite level. Unai Emery made me a footballer. I learned a lot from him because we had a really good season. We finished fifth in the league and won the Europa League, so it was an incredible campaign. Now I have the opportunity to work with him again, and I'm really looking forward to the challenge. He has maybe changed his approach to adapt to the Premier League because we don't focus as much on combination play as we did at Sevilla. But it's still a nice mix of combination football and counter-attacking. It's great for me to be back in the Premier League too. The football has developed a lot since I was last here, and I don't think that teams are as physical now with such strong players. Teams try to play more and keep the ball more. It's an incredible league because all the stadiums are always full and everyone follows the matches. In that regards, it's the best league in the world. There are also lots of brilliant players here. Take Arsenal, for example. 
Alba and Laka are two of the best strikers in Europe and each have their own characteristics. Alba Mayang has a lot of pace, so it's easy to find that final ball, while Lacazette is more about linking up the play and holding on to the ball. I'm going to really enjoy playing alongside them. I joined Arsenal to get a lot of playing time, to be an important player and to feel important. I'm determined to perform well and be a success at this great club. Arsenal is one of the most important clubs in the history of the game, one of the biggest clubs in the Premier League, the top club in London. My aim is to be a success here, perform well and feel important. Yes, I'm still the same kid who used to kick the ball around outside of hairdressers, but I'm here now and I want to become an important player at this club, as told to Max Jones. Life at the top. Arsenal have been at the top of women's football since winning our first league title in 1993. But how did our players scale the heights to get to the top of their profession? We find out. Viviane Midema. When did you first want to become a footballer? My dad always used to go to play football and I used to go to the games with him and just play on the side bit of the pitch. I was very young. I didn't really do anything else and I couldn't do anything else either so it was quite easy for me to start playing football. I just used to kick the ball against everything in the house. Anything on the floor wasn't safe around me. I could barely walk and I was already kicking it against anything and everything. My parents weren't happy about that but they loved it as well though. Did you play any other sports as a youngster? Cycling, which is quite big in Holland... And that's about it. And that almost doesn't count because everyone cycles in Holland. Did you ever meet any famous players when you were younger? I'm a Faye Nord fan, so I used to go and see Robin van Persie and Dirk Koot train. As forwards and big players for the club, they were the ones I really looked out for. What was the first team that you played for as a youngster? I started playing football at HZVV. It was the club close to where we lived, and I was only four and a half when I joined them, so I don't really remember too much about the earliest days of my career. I'm not that old, but it's already a long time ago. What position did you play as a youngster? I've actually always been a number 10. I'd never played as an out-and-out striker until two or three years ago, believe it or not. What's the first proper game you can remember playing as a kid? I think I must have been six or seven, and the ball came between me and the goalkeeper, and the goalkeeper kicked two of my teeth out. That's one of the first real memories, but obviously it didn't put me off. What was the best game you can remember playing as a youngster? I changed clubs, and I started playing for VV Divider because they were in a higher division in Holland. We played a game against FC Groningen, who were a first division club in Holland, and we beat the boys 7-5. I scored all seven. Loads of those Groningen boys play at a high level now too. They're in top leagues or playing for the national team, so that was a very big game for me. Andrija Zivkovic, now of Benfica, and Leandro Bakuna, now at Reading, were playing. Who were your early influences in football? 
I've always played football with my dad, even just in the garden. So he has been a big person in my football career. I also really liked the coach at my first club, and he really made me better as a player. Was there a key moment as a youngster that helped you to get where you are today? When I was 14, I had to make the decision whether I wanted to stay with the boys or go to the top women's league already. I made the decision to go there, and every other player was, like, 30 and above, so it was a very big step up. But in the end, I feel like every decision I've made so far has been a good one, and that was probably the biggest one I've had to make. What do you remember about the day you signed your first pro contract? I was still just 14, and I signed the contract with Herenveen, but I'll always remember that I was too young to actually sign it myself, so my parents had to sign for me. What do you remember about your first team debut? I came on as a sub because I was so young, and it was in the last 20 minutes. We were 1-0 behind, and I ended up scoring two goals to help us win the game. That was pretty special, and a great way to start my career. What's been your greatest moment in football? Winning the European Championships was just amazing. I'm not sure I'll ever have a feeling that strong again in football. The Euros was also one of the hardest moments, as we were going into the tournament with so much pressure and everyone was watching us, so that's a big experience to deal with. It's what made it so good at the end, too. What's changed most about your game since you signed as a pro? Well, like I said, I'd always been a number 10 growing up, and I basically became a number 9, because we didn't really have a real number 9 in the national team, so I've become a completely different player. I used to be the playmaker, and to be fair, I used to score a lot of goals as a number 10, but right now I'm much more of a traditional goalscorer. I needed to hold the ball up, and I needed to become a more complete player to play where I am now. It's quite typical of Dutch football to change positions, though. I just like to receive the ball and see the goal, rather than receive the ball and have my back to goal. Is there anything you could learn from watching your younger self? I just think that when I was younger, I used to play with a lot more freedom, which I guess is natural. There was no pressure. It was just fun, and you could do whatever you wanted. I would go and dribble the whole way up the pitch and score a goal, which right now I obviously wouldn't try. Do you still love football as much as when you were a child? I literally think that our TV only knows the pitch because we watch football all day, every day. I still love football and I just love watching the game and being involved with it. If you have kids one day, would you want them to follow in your footsteps? If they want to play football, then of course, yes. But if they want to do gymnastics or whatever else, I'll be there to support them in that as well, just as my parents supported me. Special feature. Chapman's French foresight. A mini-tournament victory in Paris against Clapton Orient and French champions Red Star in 1921 sowed the seeds in Huddersfield, town manager Herbert Chapman's mind, that excursions across the English Channel were a must. At Arsenal, 
Chapman would prove that he was an arch-internationalist. He later wrote, The enthusiasm for the game on the continent is amazing, and we cannot afford to treat their enterprise with indifference or even lukewarmness. For the result of such an attitude would be the only way that we should be left behind in the development of the game. Arsenal's series of matches with Racing Club of Paris began on November 11th, 1930, with Chapman's FA Cup winners firmly on the course for their first Division I title. The Gunners fought back from trailing 2-1 at half-time to win 7-2 in Paris, with the striker Jack Lambert getting four goals the fixture was an aid of disabled French Great War veterans and was held as close as possible to Armistice Day. Due to the frisson inside the stadium and the sizeable proceeds raised, the match subsequently took place each season running until 1962, with Arsenal winning on 19 occasions and the racing four times with four draws. So impressed were the Parisian crowds with the Gunners in the 1930s that they nicknamed the Cliff Bastion Le Fou de Artifice, the Firework, and Alex James Le Miracle. Arsenal's excursions across the English Channel in the old Imperial Airways twin-engine luxury liners during the 30s became synonymous with glamour. As well as showcasing the talents of the Gunners, siding its pomp to the cosmopolitan audience, the matches gave Chapman the chance to network with the European football's leading lights. He returned buzzing with ideas about the players' diets, preparation and football tactics and innovations. The cross-fertilisation of ideas had a seismic effort not only on the Gunners but European football as a whole. The friendship between Chapman and racing owner Jean-Bernard Levy was crucial to how European football would evolve. The idea for the annual matches between Arsenal and racing may as well have been animated from the Coupe des Nations, which was held in the 1930s and which was played between the champions of ten European countries, excluding England, who weren't part of FIFA. It was an obvious precursor of the European Cup. The outward-looking Chapman and Levy were kindred spirits, convinced that cross-border competitions were the way in which football must head. In the late 1920s and early 1930s, France was a European football's think tank. Pioneers including Henri de Lunay, Jules Rimet, and influential letter-quip writer Gabriel Hanot helped move football beyond the national context to internationalise the playing and governments of the game, wrote Geoff Hare in Football in France, A Cultural History. It was actually Delaunay, not Rimet, who proposed the FIFA to the quadrennial global competition which eventually began in the 1930s and the inaugural European Nations Cup in 1960 was named after Delaunay. John Bernard Levy was close friends with the triumvirate of Delaunay, Rimet and Hanot, and it's highly likely that given the huge number of French football movers and shakers who attended racing versus Arsenal fixtures, Chapman would have met one or more of the three. Like Chapman, Levy was also an internationalist, and the 1934 suggested that there should be a championship of Europe, which would be composed of two divisions and a cup of Europe for leading clubs. The event of travel by aeroplane and the shorter duration of journeys between the cities of Europe, Levy argued, would facilitate the holding of such multinational competitions. He did accept that the great difficulty would be, of course, the participation of English teams.
the problem of the progressive Chapman was the rarest of breeds in English football. In Herbert Chapman on football, Chapman recalled the midweek floodlit matches he witnessed in Brussels and Hague. He also noted the big club with its heavy standing charges requires more scope in order to be able to increase its venue. After pondering the different players' styles in both Austria and Holland, he explained, I understand that the scheme for a West Europe Cup competition on the knockout principles is to be formulated. The idea is that the competition should compromise the champion teams of six countries, namely England, Scotland, Germany, France, Belgium and Spain. The similarities between John Bernard Levy and Herbert Chapman's ideas for cross-border European competition are starting. Chapman's argument that by playing floodlit football, top clubs could fill their coffers would later convince several of Europeans' leading lights of the merits of the fledgling European Cup competition in 1955. But few in England shared Chapman's foresight. His aim that proposed a West Europe Cup competition will be launched during the next year or two. Never came to pass due to the FA intransigence towards FIFA, his own death in 1933, and Europe's worsening political situation. Although the ongoing vibrancy of annual matches against racing was a catalyst for the European Cup, the Gunners' disappointing league positions meant they didn't qualify for the European club competition until 1962. Rouen were the Gunners' first French opponents in the knockout competition. Bertie Mee's side defeated them on en route to winning the Fair Cups in 1969-70. In 1994, George Graham's Arsenal, on their way to winning the Cup Winners' Cup, faced Paris Saint-Germain in the semi-final. It happened 64 years after the initial star-studded clash between the Gunners and Racing in the French capital first convinced the revolutionary duo of Herbert Chapman and G. Bernard Levy that the European club competition would captivate crowds across the continent. The Visitors, Ren. Last week, the team from Brittany proved just how dangerous an opponent they will be for the Gunners tonight. Armed with a 3-1 lead from last week's eventful first leg at a raucous Rosanne Park, Rennes will not be short of confidence or optimism that they can finish the job against Arsenal this evening and qualify for the Europa League quarter-finals. Aided by Socrates' 41st-minute dismissal, the Liga 1 side stormed back from an early deficit with a brilliant equaliser from Benjamin Beauregard, an own goal from Nacho Monreal and a late header from Ismail Saar. Wren come to Emirates Stadium having only ever played one previous competitive fixture in this country. They lost 1-0 to Aston Villa in the 2001 Intertoto Cup semi-finals which knocked them out of the competition on away goals rule after a 2-1 first leg win in Brittany. So this is their first bona fide European competition encounter on English soil in what has now become the longest and most successful continental campaign in the club's history. Like Arsenal, the Rouge et Noir entered this season's Europa League at the group stage after finishing fifth in last season's Liga 1, their highest position since 2006-7. They have never managed a top three finish in the French top flight and while they have won the Coupe de France twice on in 1965 and 1971, they have been runners-up three times in recent finals. 
losing twice to local rivals Guincamp in the Coup de France showpiece, 2-1 in 2009 and 2-0 in 2014, and also 1-0 in the 2013 League Cup final to Saint-Étienne. Excluding Intertoto involvement, this is only the seventh European campaign in Rennes' history. Five of them have come in the last 14 years. Four of those featuring group stage participation in the UEFA Cup stroke Europa League, though this season is the first time they have progressed to the knockout phase. This season they lost three of their first four Group K games, but they won their last two fixtures, 1-0 at Jablonnek and 2-0 at home to FC Astana, to go through as runners-up behind Dinamo Kiev. It was under new head coach Julien Stefan that Wren secured that crucial win against Astana. The previous five match days had been overseen by ex-France midfielder Sabri Lamouchi, but he was dismissed in early December, a little over a year after his appointment. Wren also won their first three league fixtures under Stefan and are now in a position of mid-table comfort in Liga 1 as well as through to the semi-finals of the Coupe de France where they will face Lyon away on April the 2nd. For all their domestic exploits under the new boss, Wren have saved their best for the Europa League, memorably overcoming Real Betis in the round of 32 with a 3-1 second leg win in Sevilla after a 3-3 home draw, and then last week making history by becoming the first French club ever to beat Arsenal in France, one of only three group runners-up to reach this stage. Rennes have been one of the revelations of the competition, and if Lyon exited the Champions League at Barcelona last night, they go into tonight's game as the last French team standing in Europe. The visitors, Rennes. You can find Europa League appearances and goals for all the Wren United players this season towards the end of tonight's programme. The familiar faces. 18. Hatem Ben Arfa. Born. Clamart, France. 7th of March 1987. Previously, Lyon, Marseille, Newcastle, Hull, Lone, Nice, Paris Saint-Germain. Often labelled the Enfant Terrible of French football, Hatem has had a career full of ups and downs since first bursting onto the scene as a teenager at Lyon, where he won Liga 1 four seasons running. After a stint with Marseille, he also had a four-year spell at Newcastle, which ended with an unremarkable spell on loan to Hull. He returned to the limelight back in France with Claude Puel's niece in 2015-16, stroke scoring 17 Liga 1 goals, which earned him a move to PSG, where in contrast he struggled to make his mark under Unai Emery. The gifted left-footer joined Rennes last summer on a two-year deal. 11. Mbeye Niang Born Muan on Livelens, France, 19th of December 1994. Previously, Cannes, Milan, Montpellier, Lone, Genoa, Lone, Watford, Lone, Torino. Suspended for last week's encounter, but available again tonight, the 24-year-old Senegal international forward has happy memories of Emirates Stadium, having made his Premier League debut here in a 2-1 win for Watford in January 2017. He spent only half a season on loan at Vicarage Road, scoring two goals before returning to parent club AC Milan, who then farmed him out to Torino with an option to buy. 
after spending last season in Turin and appearing for Senegal at the 2018 World Cup. He left for another loan this term at Rennes, where he has prospered since the turn of the year. Oba, now in Rennes. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang took a liking to Rennes during his time playing for Saint-Étienne in Liga 1. In his first full season, 2011-12, Aubameyang scored against the Bretons at Roison Park. The following campaign, he scored home and away against them, the second of which making it seven successive games in which he'd scored. Ober was also in the Saint-Étienne side, who beat Rennes 1-0 in the 2013 French League Cup final. The breakdown. Record appearance makers. Romain Dancer, 377. Olivier Sorlin, 223. Olivier Monterubio, 216. Jimmy Briand, 211. Dominique Aribage, 190. Top goal scorers, all time. Alex Fry, 52. Jimmy Briand, 43. Olivier Monterubio, 41. Shabani Nonda, 37. Sylvian Wiltord, 36. The other Czech keeper, 40. Thomas Kubek, born Hiradek, Kravlov, Czech Republic, 26th of August 1992. Previously, Haredek Kravlov, Sparta Prague, Slovan Liberic, Lone, a successor to Petr Cech in the Czech national team, though not currently first choice. Sevier's Thomas Vaklik and Werder Bremen's Jiri Pavlenka would appear to be ahead of him in the pecking order, ahead of the upcoming Euro 2020 qualifier against England. The 26-year-old goalkeeper has won nine senior international caps. He has been a Wren player since August 2017, when he signed a four-year contract, and has generally been the club's first pick between the posts since then. He played Europa League football for both Slovan Liberec in 2015-16 and Sparta Prague in 2016-17, appearing against Southampton in the latter. Academy conveyor belt. Wren are well known for producing a series of star names through their academy the cornerstone of which is the under-19 team, which has won the Coupe Gambardella three times in 1973, 2003 and 2008. The academy has produced numerous notable talents, such as Sylvian Wiltord, Yuan Gurkov, Jan Mavilla, Musa Sao, Yasini Brahimi, Abdule Dukur, Dusman Dembele and Jimmy Briand, among others. French connection. Rennes will be the tenth different French side that we faced in European competition. Rouen, PSG, Auxerre, Lens, Nantes, Lyon, Marseille, Montpellier and Monaco make up the remaining nine. We've won 14 of our 26 matches against French opposition, drawing nine and losing three. During that time we've scored 34 goals and conceded 19. The visitors, Rennes. The Breakdown, Basics, formed 1901. Nickname, Les Rouges et Noirs. The Red and Blacks, Stadium, Roison Park. Owner, Groupe Artemis. Chairman, Olivier Leton. Record Appearance Maker, Romain Danzi, 377. Record Goalscorer, Alex Fry, 52. The Skipper, 21. Benjamin André. 
Born, Nice, 3rd of August 1990. Previously, AC Ajaccio. A do-it-all midfielder renowned above all for his defensive attributes. The Wren captain joined the club in June 2014 after six years with Corsican side AC Ajaccio, the last three in Liga 1, and has been a mainstay of the side under various managers. Under contract until 2022, he was suspended for the 3-1 win at Betis, but returned for last week's first leg against Arsenal and gave a typically combative and assertive performance to help his team into a first-leg lead. Not usually renowned for his goal-scoring, he has struck three times in Liga 1 this term, at home to Bordeaux, Nîmes and Marseille. The young superstar, 7, Ismaila Saar, born Saint-Louis, Senegal, 25th of February 1998. Previously, Metz. Coveted by a number of top European clubs, the Senegal international, who only recently turned 21, impressed for his country at last year's World Cup and has continued to progress this season with Rennes, offering scintillating pace, skill and, as he showed last week with his late header, considerable goal-scoring prowess. Indeed, he is the Brittany club's leading marksman this season, and that was his fourth goal in the Europa League, a strike on his European debut against Jablonek, preceding a crucial double in the matchday six decider against Astana. This is his second season at Rennes, having joined in 2017 from Metz. The schema, six, Clément Grenier, born Anone, France, 7th of January 1991. Previously, Lyon, Roma, Lone, Guingamp, a former France international with five senior caps and many others at various age groups, the former Lyon playmaker has rediscovered his best form at Rennes following his transfer from Guingamp last summer. He only spent half a season at Rennes' local rivals following an ill-fated loan move to Roma that effectively put his career on hold. After scoring on his Liga 1 debut for Rennes, he has been a virtually immovable presence in midfield providing creativity and set-piece expertise, as well as the odd important goal, such as the one he struck on match day 5 to beat Jablonek 1-0 away. The ever-present, 3. Damien de Silva, born Talence, France, 17th of May 1988. Previously, Nior, Chateauroux, Rouen, Clermont, Cannes. Born in southwest France to a Portuguese father and French mother, the Rennes centre-back is enjoying an excellent debut season with the club. He arrived last summer after four productive Liga 1 campaigns with Normandy club Khan, during which he scored two memorable goals against Rennes, and has established himself as the pillar of the Rouge et Noir defence. Although he has never played European football prior to this season, he is the only Wren player to have been on the field from first whistle to last in all nine Europa League matches. Now 30, he did not play top-flight football until he was 26. The Hotshot, 14, Benjamin Bourigaud, born Calais, France, 14th of January 1994. Previously, Lens, scorer of the majestically struck equaliser in last week's first leg, after his initial free kick had come back to him off the Arsenal wall, the 25-year-old Calais-born left winger will surely never forget his first European goal. 
Since joining Ren from Lens in 2017, the former France Youth International has been a consistent marksman from midfield, top scoring for the club in Liga 1 last term with 10 goals in his 37 appearances and reaching double figures with a penalty in a 2-0 win against PSG at the Parc des Princes in Unai Emery's final home game as the Parisians' coach. The boss, Julien Stéphane, born September 18, 1980. Games, 22. Previously, Ren B, 2015-18. Julien Stéphane had been the coach of Ren's B-side for three and a half years when he was summoned to take interim charge of the first team on December the 3rd, following the dismissal of Sabri Lamouchi. The 38-year-old took to the main job like a duck to water. His first two Liga 1 matches in charge both resulted in 2-0 wins, the first of them away at Lyon, which prompted the club to confirm him in the position. The day before he led the club past Astana into the UEFA Europa League round of 32. He is the son of ex-Ren player Guy Stefan, now the assistant coach to Didier Deschamps of world champions France. The breakdown. Europa League stats, all players. 13 goals, 1.63 per game. 12 goals conceded, 1.5 per game. 110 attempts at goal, 41 on target. 157 crosses attempted, 69 completed. 80% passing accuracy, 28 tackles, 301 ball recoveries, 99 fouls committed, 88 fouls suffered. Words, Mike Hammond, Aidan Small. Scouting report. In the first leg, Wren showed great positivity on and off the ball. The breakdown. Wren EL stats, 2018-19. Europa League top scorers. Ismail Assar, 4. Hatem Bel Arfa, 2. Clement Grenier, 2. Adrian Hunu, 2. Mabeye Niang, 2. Europa League minutes played. Damien Da Silva, 720. Clement Grenier, 596. Hamare Traore, 586. Ismail Sarr, 554. Benjamin Andre, 540. Wren demonstrated their speed and attacking quality in last week's 3-1 first leg victory over Arsenal. And while manager Julian Stefan might be reluctant to deviate too much from the approach used at Rojazans Park, he is able to call upon two players who missed the first leg through suspension. The more familiar name is Mabeye Niang, a speedy attacker on loan from Torino, formerly of Milan. Niang also enjoyed a loan spell with Watford two seasons ago. He made his Hornets debut at the Emirates, assisting the opening goal for... Younes Kabul in a 2-1 away win. Although he prefers playing up front, where he works the channels tirelessly, Niang is sometimes deployed from the left. The other player who could return is right-back Hamari Traore. The Mali international is capable of playing on the wing and is excellent at timing bursts forward on the overlap, although he might be asked to play more conservatively here as Wren seek to protect their two-goal advantage. Stefan's tactics in the first leg involved playing a 4-2-3-1 system featuring Hatem Ben Arfa as the number 10 in a free roll, 
sometimes dropping back into midfield to collect the ball and sometimes appearing more like a second striker. His clever movement and trickery caused Arsenal problems between the lines and is particularly dangerous when allowed to shift the ball onto his left foot. Wren played positively without the ball, with their two central midfielders pushing forward to shut down their opposite numbers, which sometimes left space between the lines for Arsenal to exploit. However, considering the situation in the tie, Stefan might ask his midfielders to play more cautiously. Of the two, Clément Grenier is the more gifted in possession, switching the play quickly between the flanks and attempting more ambitious balls towards forwards on the run. He also attempted a trademark long-range free kick which flew narrowly over Petr Cech's crossbar. The former France international is capable of pulling the trigger from almost any distance. Benjamin André, the captain, sits deeper and protects the defence keenly. Arsenal were particularly troubled by runs of Rennes' wide players last week. Ismail Assar's sudden burst from a wide right position into the inside left channel bought Socrates' second booking while left-sided Benjamin Bourigaud showed clever movement by drifting into positions for cutbacks from the right flank. These two also contributed two goals. Bourigaud by slamming home the rebound from his blocked free kick to equalise and Saar with a fine far-post header for the third goal. Up front, Adrian Hanou made good runs into the channels, but the threat comes primarily from the three players just behind him. Defensively, both full-backs can overlap well, especially if Traore returns on the right. Left-sided Rami Bensebani might play more cautiously and can tuck inside to defend the far post well. Centre-backs Damien Da Silva and Mozambique international Mexa are both comfortable in possession, although Wren might not play out from the back regularly here. The scouting report was compiled by Michael Cox. Player interview Petr Cech Cech stats Born May 20th, 1982, Pilsen, Czech Republic Joined Arsenal June 29th, 2015 Previous clubs Kamel Bastani, Sparta Prague, Rennes, Chelsea Arsenal debut versus Chelsea, Community Shield, August the second, two thousand and fifteen, N one one Arsenal honours, FA Cup winner, two thousand and seventeen, Czech Republic caps, one hundred and twenty four. Petr Cech, I don't hide my will to end up with the trophy in my hands. Petr Cech may have won it all but he's still determined to end his playing career with silverware in his hands. The legendary Czech goalkeeper announced in January that he would be hanging up his gloves at the end of this season, bringing down the curtain on a glittering career, boasting 14 major trophies. So how apt was it then that for his final shot at silverware, we were matched with Wren, the club where a teenage Petter made his name, in the last 16 of the Europa League? The 36-year-old was understandably delighted when the draw was made, jumping around at the training ground, as he puts it. But the reality of returning to familiar surroundings was perhaps the opposite of the perfect homecoming that he'd had in mind.
A standing ovation welcomed Petter onto the Roazon Park turf. But as soon as the referee blew his whistle, Wren went to work, and our number one would pick the ball out of his net three times before the night was done. It's given us an uphill task in tonight's second leg, but when Petter sat down with the match day programme last week, he gave us plenty of reasons to be confident. Petter, let's start by talking about your relationship with Wren. How did you end up joining them back in 2002? The problem was that I was in contact with Arsenal before, and as I was only 17 and we weren't in the EU and not a regular for the national team because it was Pavel Srinicek back then, I couldn't join Arsenal. Outside of the EU, there were different rules, and one of them was that the only players who could come to the Premier League had to play more than 75% of their national team's games. When you're 17, how are you going to do that as a goalkeeper? I couldn't get the work permit for England, but then, when we played in the Under-21 European Championship in 2002, we met France in the final. It was nil-nil, and then we won on penalties. All these French scouts were there because they had a very good team filled with talented players. After that, I got an offer from Rennes, which at first I was not sure about. But then I saw the project involving a new owner, a new stadium, and the club's ambition to play in Europe. I said, OK, this is a good step forward for me, and I went. Can you remember your first day there? On the day I arrived, the fitness coach left because he didn't agree with how their pre-season was going. In the end, we weren't fit or ready to compete, so we were losing games. He was right, because I remember we played in the first game and we were defending a corner after 20 minutes and half of my teammates were bent over, breathing like huskies who had pulled a sled for 100 kilometres. I knew something wasn't right, because this was happening in every game. We lost 3-1 on three occasions, but every time I was in the League One team of the week so that should tell you how under pressure we were at the time. You had so many memorable moments there, but perhaps the best will be your penalty shootout heroics in the Coupe de France. What can you remember about that? Up until that point, we had to go through three penalty shootouts just to get to the last 16. I remember even saving three in one of the legs in Angers, where the referee ordered a retake and then I saved that one. We went through and played Toulouse in the last 16, and I saved from Cedric Foray, who, at that time, was the top goalscorer in the league. He was the last taker, and everyone expected him to score, but I saved it. We went another three rounds of penalties, and then I saved one to put us through. I remember that really fondly. Isn't it also true that you helped the club avoid relegation from League One on the final day of the season? That's right. We were in the relegation zone going into our last three games and we had to literally not lose. I saved a penalty in Le Havre and we would have gone down if I didn't. Then we managed to score to win there. So when we went into the last game at home, we only needed to beat Montpellier to stay up. We did an exercise in the training before that game where I shot and completely tore my groin. I had all of the abductor muscles in my groin completely gone. It was the worst possible scenario, but I said to the doctor, I don't care how many times you pinch me or inject me. 
If we go down, I want to be on the pitch. I don't want to watch. I need to play. I played the game in the end with only one leg, pretty much, but we won 3-1 and stayed up. It was a tough first season, but I won player of the season, and for me personally, everything went well. I think after the Wren experience, I was ready and knew that I needed to be able to succeed in a different country. You were saying before the draw that you'd have loved to have drawn Wren. Where were you when the draw was being made, and how happy were you to see us matched up with them? We were in for training, so we actually finished training and then watched the draw together in the treatment room. It was actually Matteo and Oba who also wanted to go to Wren as well. We were counting the names down and we could still see that they were in the drawer. Then the ball came out and we were all jumping around because we were so excited to go there. How did it feel to return to Wren 16 years on? It was a bittersweet return. The reception I got from the home fans was brilliant and obviously I appreciate it. I have great memories from the two seasons that I spent with Stad Rene and I have to say a big thank you to everybody for such a good reception. But the game was bitter for me because we wanted to have a positive result. We wanted to win and put ourselves in a good position before the second game. We couldn't do that, so now we have to put it right tonight. If we do go through, there are still some big teams left, like Chelsea, Valencia and Inter. It seems like the standard of this competition has improved this year. I think there are two things that have helped. One is the fact that the teams who come out of the Champions League take the Europa League seriously because it's another way of getting a European title. Also, it's a way of getting back into the Champions League if you're not having a great season or if you don't want to go through the qualifying rounds. If you do your best in the Europa League, then you can get back into the Champions League. It's actually helped the Europa League because every time you go from the Champions League, you feel bitter about how you should have done better but then you have the motivation, the option and the chance to get through four knockout stages of the Europa League. We can get to the final and we can win a trophy. Secondly, we can get back into the Champions League and have a go next year. It's why the automatic qualification for the Champions League is obviously the main motivation. That's why everyone who comes in at this stage takes it seriously and that's why the quality and the prestige of the Europa League is going up. It's your final chance to win silverware during your career. Have you allowed yourself the chance to think about that at all? I don't hide my will to end up with the trophy in my hands. At the same time, you have to go game by game, regardless of that. You know that every game might be your last chance, but you can't think about that because then you might not be thinking about the game in the right way. I always prepare to win. And then, if it's my last game, then it's my last game. When we lost the first game against BATE, the game at the Emirates could have been the end, but then I didn't want it to end that way. Obviously, you hope there's another game. We did a good job to get through, and now we have another round where we have to make sure we can go through. Then it's step by step from there. Teams, Arsenal, head coach, Unai Emery, red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts, red and white socks. Peter Cech, Hector Bellerin, 
Mohammed El Neni, Socrates Papastathopoulos, Loren Koscielny, Henrik Mkhitaryan, Aaron Ramsey, Alexander Lacazette, Mesut Ozil, Lucas Torreira, Stefan Lichsteiner, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Rob Holding, Alex Iwobi, Nacho Monreal, Bernd Leno, Shkodran Mustafi, Dennis Suarez, Danny Welbeck, Carl Jenkinson, Matteo Ginduzi, Sayad Kalasinac, Granit Xhaka, Charlie Gilmore, Zek Medley, Eddie Inkatia, Julio Plegazuelo, Joe Willock, Bukayo Saka, Wren, Manager, Julian Stefan, Black Shirts, Shorts and Socks, Louis Badigil, Mehdi Zafan, Damien De Silva, Mexa, Suleiman Dumbia, Jakob Johansson, Ismalia Saar, Clement Grenier, Theosin Sibachu, Rafik Gutain, Mbei Niang, James Leah Siliki, Benjamin Boragord, Rami Benzabini, Abdullai Diallo, Hatem Ben Arfa, Armand Lorienti, Gazino Nyamzi, Benjamin Andre, Roman Del Castillo, Adrian Hunu, Ludovic Bal, Jeremy Gellin, Hamari Traore, Roman Danz, Edvinas Gertmona, Nicholas Yanvier, Namakoro Diallo, Thomas Kubek. Officials, all from Latvia. Referee, Andris Tremanis. Assistant referees, Harolds Gudemanis. Alexis Spazionikov. Additional assistants, Alexanders Golubevs. Edgars Malsevs. Fourth official, Raymond's Tatrex. UEL fixtures. Red Bull vs Napoli, 5.55pm. Dynamo Kiev vs Chelsea, 5.55pm. FC Krasnodar vs Valencia, 5.55pm. Slavia Prague vs Sevilla, 8pm. Inter Milan vs Eintracht, 8pm. Villarreal vs Zenit, 8pm. Benfica vs Dynamo Zagreb, 8pm. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. And that brings us to the end of this audio communication from Arsenal Football Club. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Acronis. Backup. Cyber protection for your data. Keep your data safe with the most secure backup. www.acronis.com Future. Forever faster. Humor. Premier League. Official Premier League app. Manage your fantasy team and receive the latest Premier League updates. Free to download. Download on the App Store. Get it on Google Play. Available at Amazon. The Gunners are green. Emirates Stadium is powered by 100% green electricity from Octopus Energy. Now you can get the same power for your home. Switch today to cheaper, greener energy with exclusive Arsenal prize drawers every month. Find out more online at afc.octopus.energy. Switching takes just two minutes. Octopus Energy, Arsenal official energy partner. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.